Hey, should we keep listening to the music? I feel like it's like all right. It's Tuesday with it's you know one day we will get our theme song. You'll see. It'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the True Wealth Show, your favorite time you've had all Tuesday afternoon. I know that most of you are like, oh, you know why Mondays are so rough? Why? Because you have to wait until today. Oh. I know. It's time for the True Wealth Show. I'm excited to be here. Dave Littlejohn and... Katie Shook. And we have got a packed show today. We have tr- we're going to try something new. We're going to try being organized. <laughs> All right, and that so, makes it sound like we're not organized, and that is not true. We're going to try being organized more organized. Okay. How about that? Uh, no, gonna, what we did was we're we going to try a new format. We're going to—that's actually the appropriate way to describe it. So we—we're we, uh, going to try a little different format today. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, at some point, they tell me that we will take calls again. What I think you should do is, if you want to call into the program, you should just do it, and then we'll really create chaos. <laughs> Uh, the number for the program is 541-673-4464, and the number for the podcast is different, right? So if you're listening to this on podcast, the number is not going to be a live call-in, okay? What it's going to be is the office, right? Katie, because I mess it up, what is it? <laughs> 541-375-0898. Yeah, you try to give everybody your cell phone number. I tried to not do that anymore. Which is okay. I mean, if right. you know, you want uh, lots of calls and text messages yeah. saying, hey, I listened to the podcast and no, here's my question. I believe in being accessible. I, I, my intent is not to be unreachable for folks. But can you be too accessible? Yes, you can. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> there needs to be certain boundaries. I've got you know family commitments and uh, community service commitments and not to mention just commitments to the team at the office to make sure that everybody gets enough time so that we can accomplish the mission. So what so. you're saying is you do not want text messages regarding the stock market at 2 a.m.? No, by all means, send them. I just will not be responding to them. <laughs> Although if you do, that would be kind of like, whoa, I, Well, it happens. That's the funny <laughs> thing. I had some folks, had some clients that were visiting Hawaii, and uh, they normally live more East Coast. And I got this uh, text at about 11.30 p.m. my time. Yeah, and you were and, like, whoa. And I was all of a sudden sort of disturbed by this, going, why am I getting a text at this hour? You must be up in the middle of the night, so they must really be panicking here. And no, it turns out they're on Hawaiian time. It was 8.30. Literally uh, Hawaiian time, which, you know, if you're... If you ever go to the islands, you know, island time's a joke because uh, people are pretty laid back at the islands. Yeah. But there's, but no. a, there's a big ish, right? Yes. There's an ish. I may yeah. show up around four-ish, and at six o'clock, it might happen. Correct. Yeah, island time. Yes. So, at any rate, this was, uh, you know, came in late, and it was still accessible. But but bottom line is that, sure, the, the point is not to give out the cell phone number. The point is to give you a number that you can actually reach. Uh, we genuinely do take our mission of education seriously. Yes, right? we do. So, uh, it is one of our, fir- it's actually our very first pillar right? so of our three pillars. Our three pillars are? Educate, plan, and invest. Correct. Good job, by the way. Somebody said EPI one day, and I was like, what? And then it took me a minute to go, yeah, oh, educate, yeah. plan, and invest. Okay, got it. Sorry. Well, there's, there's a natural <laughs> order to becoming successful in finance. And the first step is you need to learn about it. You could just start doing, and that's okay, but you better get the context of it too, because otherwise, without an understanding of what you're doing, uh, you may unintentionally do other things down the road that become harmful. And beware of lucky, right? Like sometimes people just get lucky. Yeah. And then they go, oh, I totally did it this way. Yeah, but if you try to constantly repeat that, it may not happen the same way. Right. Like you might have just had really good timing. Hard to conjure up luck every time. Right. So be careful about being lucky. Yeah. So 
Let's talk a little bit about the markets before we get too much further down the path here. The, the first thing I wanted to do, and we have not discussed the stock market a whole lot on this program for several months, really. Because it was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like, uh, it went to hell in a handbasket at the well, end the of Q4, last year. We did talk. I mean, like, during the last year, we talked about how, oh boy, you know, pump the brakes, everybody. It'll be you okay. You know, it's bad when they call it bloody October. Like, that just, that sounds like a bad horror flick. Yeah. Right? Although, like, historically, October has been a rough month. That's happened often. Uh, you know, you think Black Friday occurred, or yeah, I guess it was Black I mean, Thursday, whatever it was. That was. Um, the stock market crash of 1987. Got it. Okay. Okay, and so that was a 20% single day drop. Wow. Right. Uh, so it was pretty messy. But people were chewing some tums that day. Let me tell you. Well, there were people that were more serious than that. Yeah, yeah I bet. So. Okay. Uh, but here we are. If you remember how much pain that we were in in the fourth quarter last year, this may come as a bit of a surprise to you, but we are just within a stone's throw of all-time highs in the major indexes. The S&P 500 today closed at 2933.68. Now, why is that important? Well, because the highest it's ever been occurred in September of last year. September 21st, it was 2940.91. So you're looking at like seven points. Seven and points and some change, right? So less than an $8 price difference to to eclipse the previous all-time high for the S&P 500. Which is amazing. Right. And the NASDAQ and the Dow are similar. The Dow's high was set October 3rd. It's within about 300 points or so of uh, taking out its all-time high. But remember, the Dow, you say 300 points. Well, the S&P is only you know less than eight points. Well, the Dow- But bigger, bigger market, right? Is, you have well, to keep the proportion. It's the numbers, the size. The Dow is currently trading at $26,656.39. Right. The S&P is $2,000. 933. So you could almost add a zero to it. Right. Right. And so if you think about that, well, okay, eight points. If you add a zero to it, it's 80 points. Now you're closer to, well, the Dow would be like, well, 30 points versus 300. It gives you an idea. They're, they're, uh, the S&P is a little closer than the Dow, but they're both very close to getting uh, to their all time highs. The S&P is less, it's uh, 25, it's, it's one quarter of 1%. It's, from it's, its all-time highs. That, yeah, 0. 0.002. Right? I and, mean, it's a rounding error. And if point. my numbers are correct, it's a little over. It's almost 18.5% up for the year. That's crazy. Okay. No, what's crazy is the NASDAQ, which for the year is up almost 25%. I can't It's within 0.15% awesome. of its all-time high. Uh, it closed today at, let's see here, 8,120 and some change, and its all-time high was 8,133. Yeah, so, so all the markets are like right there, he hitting that glass ceiling, they're they tapping are. on it, they're saying, hello, we want to break through. Right. So now you brought up, that's an interesting phrase that I think our listeners should understand. The glass ceiling. That is not, not the phrase. <laughs> the phrase. You what said phrase? breakthrough or what we would call a breakout. Ah. Okay. Now, you've probably seen a bunch of charts and graphs about investments, right? And it's like, it looks like a squiggly line. And what you want is a squiggly line that starts in the lower left-hand corner of the page and goes to the top right-hand corner of the and page. And is in green. Okay. <laughs> green so is you, good. You want Red the squiggly <laughs> pathway up from the lower left to the upper right. That's right. how you read that thing. Right. Uh, and that means you you should, if everything is consistent and normal, 
that she means you, that that it's increasing in value. Right. If it's going from the top left to the bottom right, well, now it's going down, right? So that's the slope reading from left to right, and you're just measuring slope. So negative slope, bad. Positive slope, good. Right. See how sophisticated this is? Oh, super well, easy. A breakout is when you see, if you've ever seen a, a stock chart and it looks like mountains, where, oh, you climb the mountain, you go back down the other side. You climb back up to about the same height, you go down the other side. Well, a breakout is when you climb to the top of the mountain like the previous times, where you'll climb down the other side, but instead of going down the other side, you break out and you climb even higher. Oh. You make a new higher peak a new mountain and so that's what people call breakouts uh, are we in a position where that could occur yeah you i think bet so. your lifesavers it could happen i mean uh, we're sitting only in april right so the beginning of second quarter and we're already really close to all-time highs from last year i mean everything's rebounded and recovered which right. has been nice but to see the picture is not that easy uh we have lots and lots of moving parts. Now, I have to be very careful because as a financial professional, in the practice of actually rendering advice to our customers, when we're on this program, we don't give specific investment advice. Right. Now, that's really important because what I'm about to share with you, I can give you some opinion, but it's not actionable in and of itself. You need this data grounded to your circumstance. Okay. Yep. So, well, this is not advice, but let me just give you a sense of opinion about where the stock market is at right now. People often ask me, what do you think? And I will share it with you. Okay, again, <laughs> If not, you don't want Dave's opinion, don't ask what yeah, do you think. <laughs> I will share what my opinion is. And this is not a prediction. But based on the data that I'm seeing, my opinion is that the market is gearing up for a break out to the higher side of things. Now, you've already seen a pretty significant move in the major markets, right? So yeah. if we look at the S&P being up for the year already over 18%. Now, that's you, crazy. It's crazy, but keep in mind, 18% for the year was after it fell for 3 months. Right? So it right. fell and fell and fell until Christmas Eve. That was the low point for the cycle on this thing. And so when we started in January, it was we'd lost all of our gains from the previous year. So this was Which just hurt. getting back to where we started. Right. Okay, so we're not really what we're doing is we're kind of going back a year. So let's oh let's take a let's just take a jaunt back six seven months into two thousand eighteen. <laughs> okay, when the trend was so happy, and then we had this market meltdown or correction or whatever we want to call it, and now we're back to where we were then. Is it truly a correction? It was a correction, but it wasn't a bear technically. Correction is more than a ten percent pullback. And a bear is more than 20. More than 20. So it was somewhere between 10 and 20. It was like 19.2% on the S&P 500. It was flirting with a it was yogi so, out there. but so close. I think intraday, it actually had a full 20% correction, but it never had a close at where at the end 20. of the day when the trading so settled that it was below that threshold. Right. So... And you want to talk about timing. Man, if you had timed it and gotten in yeah, the market in December. Yeah, if you had just said, hey, it's Christmas Eve. I'm just going to pour all my money in the stock market. You'd you be really be, happy. Yeah, sitting kind of pretty, right? But You'd be really happy. I mean, timing you look is at hard companies to do. like um, Amazon up 28% for oh the year. Gosh. Bank of America up 22%. Uh, I'm looking at Apple up 31.5%. Google wow. up 21.59%. Microsoft 23.5%. This is Microsoft. It's been around since... Forever. In the 80s, right? <laughs> Microsoft Forever. up big. So, 
Uh, but but it's all over the place. Exxon Mobil, twenty two percent for the year. Um, looking at Visa, it feels like it, by the way, because gas prices are definitely climbing. <laughs> sure. So these are these are companies that have risen significantly off of their really low points. But looking at things year to date is disingenuous because if we look at things over a one year trailing period, not quite as aggressive, right? I mean, let's look at. Um, I could pull up year to one year performance on Microsoft. It's thirty two percent over a, a year. It's twenty three and a half percent over just this year. Yeah. So, so that's like okay. It so it's like seven eight percent last year too. That's pretty more. That's more typical. Oh, right. Seven eight percent last year. Then you got this year. It's just. Because and it of, hasn't it's, settled it's, out yet for the year. I mean, again, right. we're it, only in the fourth yeah, month. Yeah, the, we're the year in could the actually end of, negative. It could go higher and then well, you know, that's kind of what collapse. we saw last year. Like it was heading in the right direction, and then all of a sudden, September, it went. Yeah. Let's just turn around and go backwards. Right, but but let me give you my sense of. I'll just tidy this all up for you real quickly, so that we don't run too much longer <laughs> on this segment. Okay, and and that is this: absent a change in the narrative in the news, right? We're still, the market is sort of expecting trade resolution with China. Uh, we're, we haven't seen anything that has major political implications that's going to change the way Washington, D.C. is spending money or what we would call fiscal policy. And the Federal Reserve has continued to be very forthcoming and, and they're telegraphing what we expect from them for monetary policy. So what this is is a recipe for relative stability right now. We have fairly low volatility in the market. That does not mean it will persist long term, but what appears to be getting ready to take place is that this market will have a breakout to the high side. Earnings, a lot of earnings are being reported this week. Uh, over, I think over 150 companies in the S&P 500 are reporting earnings. By and large, the earnings have surprised to the upside, so it's not going to surprise me if the market pushes higher. Uh, do I think we're going on to have another 20% climb from this point higher? No, mm -hmm. yeah. don't. And do I think that we could still have the markets later on in the year or beginning of next year correct? Sure, it's a definite possibility. But right now, if I look at fixed income markets, so bonds, treasuries, that sort of deal, and I look at what you get paid to tie your money up for 10 years or longer, and I look at what the stock market's returning, it's very, very hard to convince people to tie their money up long-term and fixed income. So the acronym persists. There's an acronym called TINA. There is no alternative. Ooh. So if the market has, if participants have nowhere else to put their money, they will put it in the market first. And I will leave you with this final thought before we go to break, which is if you look at the indexes, the best performing stocks for the year are the big stocks. The smaller companies are a very mixed bag. And so that still tells us that people still are not totally confident in this market. I think that's a good sign. But do know that the really big companies have more sway over what the index performs like. Because right, they, 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 they have a bigger piece of the pie. They have a bigger piece of the pie. So if they do well, they can carry along the stragglers with them, even if the stragglers are not doing well. So small companies may not be doing well and they're being masked by the big companies, which makes sense if you figure money is looking for the safest alternative to bonds. Where are you going to find that likely? Big, stable, blue chip companies 
that pay regular dividends. Right. So if that's the case, then it's it's possible that they are there's some um, cap weighting issues with the index that's hiding the underlying activity of the overall market. But I still think that we probably have a little bit more juice in this thing. Again, not a recommendation. Don't act on it as such. But if you're if you're we want to check check back with me in a month, I think we're going to break the all time highs and move higher before reexamining things and looking at the next quarter. All right, that is it for segment one market review. We got to get into our break so that we got time to come back and talk about next retirement readiness. What is the first thing you should do to make sure you're on track for retirement? That and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn and Katie Shuck. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back. It's Tuesday, and you know what time it is. Time for the True Wealth Show. True Wealth Show. Time for the David and Katie Show. Dave and Katie Show. So <laughs> I am your co-host, David Littlejohn, in studio with... Katie Show. All your right. Your other favorite co-host. Love it. Can we both be co-hosts? Isn't it a host and a co-host? Like a captain no, and a co-captain? If co you're a co-host, it's you're both hosts. That's what co-host is. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know yeah. if it was like captain and co-captain. Pilot right. and co-pilot? No, because they don't both consider themselves a co-pilot. Fair enough. Hmm, I don't know. I will, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, hey, you can run this. You could run this segment. Hey, we're talking about. <laughs> so, like I said, we're going to do. This is a new feature on the True Well Show. We're giving the shot here. So, part of the format, what we're looking at now is retirement the ready. retirement readiness segment. Okay, uh, as you know, we're an investment firm too, but. Before we ever get to the investment side, we have three pillars, the first of which is education, then Plan. planning, and then, investing. and then investing. So you need to learn what you have to do, develop the right strategy to achieve success, and then finally execute, take action. Like I mean, you could potentially do them out of order, but let's talk about that for a second. If you invest first, what are you going to invest in? If you don't have a plan... Or know what you're investing in. I mean, are you closing your eyes and picking? Like, yeah. you throwing a dart at a board with all the stocks up there? Like, how are you picking your investments? Well, the funny thing is, I see, I think you absolutely could start to invest. The problem is context. I mean, what happens if you decide, hey, I'm just going to start throwing money into an investment account that's, you know, an after-tax account, when you could have been far more efficient by putting it into an, a retirement account and then deferring all of your taxes? Right. Right. So that could have been a significant benefit to you, particularly if you're Roth eligible. And even more particularly, if you were, let's say, very young and you are going to be in a zero tax bracket anyway. Like you have, Say you've got a, a kid who's still living at home and is going to earn below the threshold of reportable taxes. What's interesting is the threshold is $6,000 and the max that you can put in your Roth is $6,000. Yeah. So you look at that and go, well... You could basically <laughs> put, put all, of, all your of your income into a retirement plan. Yeah. And mom and dad will just help continue to support you while you're saving for retirement. And so that's really cool. It's not very typical that you can put in place a tax non-taxed investment and have a tax-free withdrawal if you meet the criteria. Right. So that, that could be a scenario where just a little bit of planning or fine-tuning your strategy produces a superior result because you're now not just thinking like an investor, but you're also thinking about how can I be tax efficient. And this is this is actually a common thing. I mean, we're, we're mentioning a kid here, right, and talking about being young, but um, but we have had people contact us and say, hey, you know, I started this in my 20s or I opened this account and I'm not sure it's the right fit. And there's been times when we said, yeah, yeah, it was the right fit. Let's continue on that path. And there's been other times where we're like, mm, we need to, you know, that was an 
older thinking or something or an older strategy and the new strategy actually says to do this instead. So, um, you know, we have had people approach us and just say, hey, I've had these old accounts that sure. I, I, you know, somebody said I needed to save for retirement. So I opened an account, but it may not be the one that they really need. Right. And the other one is that sometimes people simply get sold a solution rather than they get sold a product rather than a solution. Right. Then this is the idea that um, I, there's an expression that's really applicable in sales in general. You know, if the only thing you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> okay. And, okay. And so this is when... And but this if you is not, have a hammer and you have a screw, you're going to have a hard time fitting those two together. <laughs> yeah, but this is where I am not, I don't want, I'm not going to disparage a person, but I mean, the 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 joke of the door-to-door life insurance salesman that tries to show up and say, well, here, buy this Gerber life insurance policy because it's going to put your kids through college and it's going to oh. give you this and that. It's going to be amazing. It does a million things. And you go, um, at some point, you have to wonder, is that really going to do everything that it's claimed to do? Uh, it's possible, but it's not always probable. And that's and that's actually bring. I love that statement, by the way. And, and I always think, you know, it's the difference of could and should, right? Like you say probable and possible, but I always say, you know, you people, I love it when people say, could you do this? And it's like, well, you could, like, it's not breaking any laws. It's legal. You could, but that's not the question you should be asking. The question you should be asking is, should you be doing that? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you could, and you could suffer large tax consequences. You could, and could blow something right. up. And I'm very careful about it. I'm not here to demonize anything. You no. know, there's some people that will get on the radio and they'll say, anybody that tries to sell you life insurance and investment, you need to run the other way. And I'd go, uh, mm, maybe. It, but it depends on your circumstance. If yeah. you, uh, there are times when life insur- permanent life insurance is appropriate. I'm not going to dig into that right now. I want to s- dead focus on this retirement readiness concept. And the idea here is that How we do we all get ready need, for retirement? Yeah, so we all need, what is the first step in retirement? Right, the first step in retirement readiness. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute. The first step in retirement? No, not in retirement. Yeah, the first is to step in retirement. Pack my bathing is like, suit and book a plane ticket. Oh, okay. So that's, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, well, I'm going to turn off the alarm clock. Uh, so that's <laughs> oh, the no, first no, step. Oh, no, no. I still want to get up. I want to get up early to go watch the sunset and go skiing or something. You're going to get up early to watch the sunset. So, sunrise. I meant sunrise. <laughs> hey, maybe I'm getting up early to watch the sunset. I was going to say, uh, from my nap yeah, in my there, cabana. There, there you go, gang. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Priorities, David. Priorities. <laughs> you know, we're all picking them up right now. I, I, I don't think any of our listeners missed it. No, so, they didn't. I love I'm it. I'm sorry. Okay, no, but um, oh man, now you got me off topic. What did you say? No, we were talking about what's the first step. First in step in ready retire- readiness. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is the the tricky part. Is so what's the first step? I'm going to tell you. You better get a handle on your spending. Oh, okay. You're going back that far. I I'm was going to go say back. start with a retirement account, but you're going back even further. You're saying, no, no, you need to figure out your budget right. so, so that you know how much you can put here's in retirement. Why. It's, I, will, I will excuse you from budgeting if you will do one thing for me. Spend less than you make. Spend less than you make and invest from the age of 20 on, invest 20% of your income. 20? Yep. Ooh. You know why? Call it out, brother. Because it's an exotically high amount. It's absurd. If you just invested in the S&P 500, while I cannot guarantee the future, I could tell you the odds of you being successful with Over a 50-plus year time horizon right. and 20% of your income going into savings every year yeah. is uh, from a probability distribution 
the the likelihood of failure is so low as to be almost statistically zero. I think the term is nailed it. Yeah, yeah. nailed and, it. And so what we're doing here, this is not financial advice, by the way. This is brute force. <laughs> hey, just save an extraordinary amount of money and, and don't spend any. You'll have it in okay, retirement. You'll, you'll brute force that bad boy. It will work. Now, Dave, you said 20%. Dave Ramsey says 15. Why 15? Sure. Well, 15, just because... That so it depends on your age, believe it or not. Twenty percent, I said, because if you do twenty percent, it's you'll even be a more you'll solid. be a multimillionaire. Yeah, you're it just going to have a pile of money. But realistically, the younger you are, the less you need to put in. Okay, if you can start when you're born. Oh my gosh, if you can start when you're like eighteen or right, sixteen, start when you're born, right? If your parents were putting a hundred dollars a month in on your behalf, and by the time you were eighteen, they stopped, there's still a good chance that that money invested in say the S and P five hundred until you're sixty five will become millions. But that's not in a retirement account. So you're not tax deferred in that situation, which you just talked you about. You could be. You know, a, a parent could theoretically open up a Roth IRA for their child. Okay, see, now you're dancing with it a little bit. Yeah. We, because, yeah, yeah. Uh, because retirement accounts have to be earned income. Well, yeah, I guess it's true. It's tough to have a, a, a newborn actually have earned income. If, but like if they're a commercial baby and they were in a commercial they, they and they earned could, income. You literally could have it happen. And it has happened yes. for some young children, but they so, have to have an earned income. Right. And you're, Let's so, clarify and that. Katie is correct. I'm totally tap dancing around her. Right? So, <laughs> I was like, come so, on now. Like, yeah. So, but you know what? It's not uncommon for 10, 11, 12. Family know, business. Yeah. Family business has a, an exception, right? Like there's not yep. a, there's not age rules when it's a f like yep. a part of the family, but I think it has to be your parents. I don't know if it can be your grandparents. Yeah, I'm not going to get into the tax shenanigans of it right now. If you're going to go down this pathway, I'll nope, say okay. see see me after class. Right? But yeah, so you said five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight. There you go. So uh, Roth potential. Right. For but, kids. But start the early. trick is the the real key is spend less than you make. Okay, that's that's number one for retirement readiness. And then the rest of it is, you know, you, when you have an idea what you're going to need, then you have an idea what you're saving for. This is a very long-term plan, by the way, and it can be pretty darn loose. But it, the better answer is, what, what era should you be on your retirement pathway? It's going to depend on your age. So let's throw out, this one you can catch me on my heels. Oh, I like it, okay. All right, so you get to throw out any age you want and then ask me, what should I do? Okay. So, I will throw up my age. Okay. I am turning the magic 40 this year. Woohoo! Which, again, I know that's rare, a female admitting her age, but I have enjoyed my life all 39 and a half years of it, and I have wonderful things to say about all 39 and a half years of it, and so I'm happy to hit 40. You are a well-adjusted woman. I have got to give you a high five for that. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I look forward to the next decade, because every decade offers, like, some new thing and i realize like right now i'm starting to get into that like financial sweet spot traveled mm -hmm. a little bit i kind of know what i want i have goals in mind for my retirement such as a cabana and a bathing suit right so you know like i'm i'm happy where this is going like it's i'm okay with it and i think if you you know we talked about gratitude and stuff but being adjusted but let's go with 40. so okay. if i were to start today which i have already started but if i were to start today at 40 and walked into our office and said david i want to start saving for retirement I plan on retiring about 65. so i got about 25 years in the well, wheelhouse 25 years and what should i do so first i'm going to give you a couple more quiz questions okay let's okay. go for it so do you have a retirement plan started yes okay and so let's let's go with a let's go with no i do but let's go with no so okay. let's say okay i don't so have anything if, if safe you, for retirement so now i'm i'm 
I'm going to kind of use me a little bit, but be a pretend person. I, at the I same understand. Time. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to use this is a, a you know a straw person here. Right. Uh, so you don't have a retirement plan established, and the first thing you're going to need to do is one, you're going to establish a budget with savings priorities. Okay. Okay. And that that's the first step because it's going to determine your ability to save and where. Okay. So let's so say I've done my num- budget. Yeah, step one in retirement readiness is know where the money is going. And then what I want you to do is, do you have an employer-sponsored retirement plan? Yes. Yes, I okay, do. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to start there. Okay. okay? Why? Well, be assuming there's a match associated with it. Okay. okay. If there is a match associated with it, you start there. Because you get free money. Correct. So why wouldn't you start so there? So you, you get the free money in the form of the match. Right. Now, I this, this is a subject of contention, but are you going to be eligible for a Roth IRA? Meaning, does your... We'll just Between use a me round. and my spouse, we you make and, less than 180-ish okay. thousand a year. All right. right? So then so, you're Roth eligible. Okay. I still prefer the Roth IRA. Okay. I know that there are some tax professionals that will say the Roth IRA is best if you have expect to have a higher income in retirement than you do today. So take the tax break now if you're going to okay. have a higher income today than you will later. But I like the Roth because the Roth gives you significantly more tax flexibility in retirement. So let's keep it simple. I plan on, I would like to have enough in retirement to earn the same amount that I am making now. Okay. So, so let's, let's say for our example's sake that my income is 80,000 a year and I want to make 80,000 a year in retirement. Yeah. So the tax bracket wouldn't be a factor. No, it's it is because if you're looking for 80,000, the Roth is going to help you get that much effective income in a lower tax bracket. So it means you can take less out of your employer sponsored retirement plan which will be tax deferred pre-tax. So okay. when you take money out of that account, you're going to have to pay taxes on it, and this will drive your tax rate up. So the Roth account will not drive your tax rate so up. So it'll offset some of that. Correct. So, so now if I, if you said the first step is to put money in my employer plan. Because of the free wh- money. Okay. So then why are we talking about a Roth? Because that's because, confusing. Because what I will tell folks is I believe that the first step is to, and again, verify this with your you know, specific scenario, but this typically works pretty well is if you first get the free match from your employer okay. and then provided that it's there's not a tax reason today to, to get the tax benefit for uh, uh, the... Something you need desperately. Yeah. So as long as you don't have to have the, the tax break, then you can say, well, put it in a Roth and max that out next because you can't deduct the Roth, but it's going to give you better tax flexibility in retirement because there's just more flexibility to that pot So let's of money. do the numbers really quick because I like numbers. So, okay, so I said my s- fictional person... So you make $80,000, you get a, th- a 5% match from the company. So 5% well, of $80,000... I was going to go is- back a little bit more from that. Hold on. So if okay. I make $80,000 and I follow, you know, Dave Ramsey says, put 15% of your income in retirement plans. Well, that's twelve grand. Yeah. So I can't put it all in a Roth anyway. Well, hang on. Okay. Step one is if you're getting a five percent match from the company. Okay. Okay. So, so I put that's four thousand dollars. Five percent. So you put four thousand in, they give you four thousand. Okay. Now you can put six thousand into your Roth IRA. Right. Okay. So you do that. And we're at ten. You have two thousand dollars left. Yes. Go so what back, do I do with that? Back to the employer retirement plan and put it there. Awesome. Until you max that out. And again, if you can max out your employer retirement plan and your Roth IRA. 
or your traditional IRA if that's what your tax advisor tells you. See me after class. Because you are doing awesome. Right? Congratulations. Because at that point, you've got a lot uh, saved away, or, or at least you, 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 if you want to save more, you need to use some other avenues to get sort of clever. Uh, but that's the, the, so the first key is spend less than you make, establish okay. a budget, get onto a regular retirement regimen. And then what we're going to do from there is we're simply going to look at, in order to achieve your target spending need, we got to do some reverse engineering. And that's looking at rates of return and inflation, and then sort of figuring out backwards from there, what rate of return do you need over this period of time with the contribution rate you're making in order to generate a nest egg capable of producing the income you need. And then there's two versions of nest egg, right? There's the nest egg that is, I'm going to spend it all and the last dime goes when I do. Or there's the nest egg that says, I'm just going to spend the interest on the nest egg and somebody's going to inherit the nest egg when I die. Which so, would be nice, by the way. It'd be nice like, because there's gift. lots of flexibility in that scenario here. Yeah, I'm I, okay slightly coasting down as yeah. long as I don't crash before I die. And that's really the key. Is our goal as financial planners and retirement advisors is to make sure you have enough that you don't have to unretire. And by the way, David likes talking in airplane metaphors. Yeah. So altitude hold versus glide slope. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't. I don't so, mind sloping down a little bit as long as I don't crash and burn before I yeah. die. So. Yeah. And the trick is with with the the glide slope. That's what the pilots use in the dark to find the runway, and they won't want to be too long or too short. Only we get more flexibility as retirement planners. I just don't want to land before I get to the runway. Right. Right. I don't want to crash early. Right. But I can keep flying longer. Right. I guess I, that I know we don't have a problem as long as we're not outliving our money. Right. We have a problem the other way around. So anyway, that's the basics. Uh, and so that was retirement readiness for today. We are running a little long, so let's grab this break. And then uh, when we come back, this is a quick, easy one we're going to cover. You know, we get this question from parents a lot. What about financial preparedness for my kids? kids? Yeah. That's next. So stick around. We'll be right back when we're chatting about the littles. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Oh. <laughs> All right, what can I tell you? It's a risk reward trade that we played the long game on it. All right. Um, All right, so gig. Retirement readiness for your, or well, I guess for kids, kids and investing. Yeah, so, so this one is really about uh, this, again, new segment that we want to start exploring here. So if you've got feedback, give us a call at 673 4464 to get here on the station. Otherwise, uh, you're welcome to throw an email our way. Just send it to info at littlejohnfs.com. For financial uh, services. Yeah, or call us, or right? Call us. So uh, it's 541 375 but you know we get a lot of parents that are calling us and they're asking us about uh, what should you know, teaching their kids more about finance. I've had parents that request that we do classes for kids, and and we have. It's been a while. It's been a couple uh, years. Yeah, actually. it's been a while. So uh, that would be an interesting one. Here's what I'll do. If you are interested for your kids, and I, when I say kids. I would say somewhere about eighth grade uh, yeah, up I was through kind of say junior high on up, depending yeah. on maturity. Yeah, it's geared. We gear this toward about a sophomore in high school as far as sophistication level, but that doesn't mean that uh, younger won't latch onto it. They just sometimes find it a little boring because they're not quite ready for it yet. But uh, we do sort of uh, it, it, we call it being broke sucks. 
right? Because that's true. It totally does. But it's these. Kind of get your kids' attention. It's the blocking and tackling, like the fundamentals of finance and what it takes to become financially independent in this country. Right. And so we talk about how the system is built. Now, the dirty secret to this thing is parents love to come with their kids because they learn too. They do too. Yeah. Right. And I know because I've had uh, other financial professionals or like I've had attorneys and accountants and other folks come in uh, and sit with their kids in the class. And I, the takeaway has been, you know, I actually learned a couple things here too. So, you you know, you can always learn. There's always, there's always a golden nugget. Exactly. So the thing that I want to bring up today about kids, uh, this is the most simple thing that you could teach a kid uh, is early and often. Okay. Start early. Uh, save a lot. <laughs> if if you understand how quickly money compounds, it is really crazy. Uh, it's. Well, show them. Like, I mean, show them. I think it's a disservice sometimes when we try to hide finances from children thinking they don't understand and we don't use those moments to teach them. Yeah. Like, so, make them part of the process. So if you, as I'm, I'm doing this live, imagine that you had uh, $100 a month that you could put in. You were starting with zero. And you tell your child who is 10 years old. Okay, now $100 a month to a 10-year-old child. Is a let's, lot of let's, money. Let's say to a 15-year-old. At 15, you're kind of going, $100 is still real money, but it's, you know, we're looking at a maybe summer jobs, things like that. What could we do? So, and you're going, well, you're 15, and you've got until you're 65 until you're going to be Medicare eligible. So let's right. say you're going to put $100 a month in, and you're going to let it stay invested until you're 65. Okay. That's 50 years. All right. Okay. And let's say that you can earn 8% interest. Okay. Okay. So you're picking kind of a comfortable number, right? It's not too low, not too high. Like, we're not over-promising right. on interest. Okay, 8%. So, 50, so 50, $100 a month. $100 a month. For 50 years. For 50 years. At 8%. Now, now first, we got to figure out how much money did we just put away. Oh, how much? Right. Well, I'm getting a calculator. It's big enough for that. $1,200 a year times 50 years is $60,000. Okay. So, like, okay. you know, a year's worth of an income later on, but not okay. not horribly amount. So put $60,000 away. Okay. Now, I'm not factoring in inflation for 50 years. So, this is not going to be identical purchasing power, but I think it's still, the number is going to be pretty telling. Seven hundred. And $43,600. Wow. So hitting, getting close to that million almost, dollar mark. Almost. Now, here's the amazing thing. That's earning 8%. Guess what happens if we go up 1% to making 9% per year? Ooh. Okay. So we said around 750. Right. Okay. Goes up to like 900 and something. 1,066,000. Dang. 1% difference in earnings over 50 years. Gives you $250,000 more. Goes from 740,000 to 1,066,000. That's the part about compound interest that is missed. Banks get this. You know why? They because do they... the interest first on yeah. the mortgage. They're <laughs> like, "You know what? If I get that compound, in, you know, if I get you that interest payment all up front, yep. Then I'm going to make really good money because for the first seven eight years nobody's going to pay us off early so i'm just going to get a boatload of interest up front and then somebody finally kind of comes in and tries to either double up their payments or something to to get it done but the banks make tons of money because they get the the spread the interest over a lifetime right so basically a house on a 30-year mortgage you're gonna pay twice as much as the house costs right 
I thought it was like almost three times this month. Yeah, it could be more than that. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. So compound interest is huge. So with with young adults, young men and women, young children for that matter, I emphasize it is not as important what you invest in as that you start soon. Most of us don't start until much later, 30s or even 40s before people start to get serious about this stuff. Right. So to the person, the younger you start, the better you are. And so this is the advice that every parent should be able to tell their kid with a straight face and be absolutely hand on the Bible. When should I start investing, mom or dad? And the answer is yesterday. Yeah, now. Okay. Now. So, so you should have started yesterday. Yeah. So Run, it's always immediately. <clears throat> and that one, uh, I will go ahead and make a crazy claim on the radio. That's advice from me. So when a financial advisor says advice, now rule number one on this show is we don't say things to get a suit on this show. But let me tell you, me telling your youngster to, <laughs> to start, start investing now? early, yeah, there's there's no downside. Are you to really that. gonna get mad at me if you're a millionaire when you're retired? Right. Um, I don't think. Yeah. So. Now you invest horribly and you speculate and buy really doofy things and your your money gets flushed down the toilet. Okay, know the difference between investing and speculating. You right. still have to follow the rules, but get early, start early and often. That's your key takeaway for the day. Remember, educate, plan, and invest. Right? It's what we do. So, so that is our kid moment for this one. We are going to cover more in future segments. I know one that's going to be popular. We're going to start breaking this down as we get to the end of the school year. The 529 college savings plan. Ooh, so okay? next week we're going to talk about the 529 plans. But we have got to take our final break right now. So let's do that. Stick around when we come back. we got a couple more just little gems for you hidden. Uh, so we'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang. Welcome back to the True Wealth Show. Uh, if you were just tuning in... Well, you're Tune late to the earlier. game. You're yeah, get, it, get it sooner or <laughs> listen to the podcast. Podcast, right? Podcast now available on iTunes, Woo-woo. right? So if you look up True Wealth, you'll find the True Wealth show there on iTunes. Also, you can find podcasts here on uh, KQEN's station, 541radio.com. And then we throw them up on our, that's funny, right? No, we, we put them on our webpage as well at littlejohnfs.com. We can throw them, will they stick? They may. Is it like one of those creepy? So we things throw that... them up on the web page, and I was like, "We don't throw up podcasts at all." That, that sounds gross. <laughs> <Not throw up. laughs> you said throw them up on, not throw up on. Okay. So, Anyways, so last know, segment, we have some interesting things coming up at our office. We, we like do. to do workshops and education parts. So we talked about the initial thing, right? Educate, plan, and invest. And so EPI we, was in got, the first segment. We of the got show. a few. We got some workshops coming up that. Uh, you all should be ready for it. But in fact, we so we do a bunch of there's there's one happening tomorrow, right? It's not one of ours, but uh, somebody is hosting a workshop, a, a, a women's defense workshop, right? So uh, oh, okay. that that's one that's that. at our office tomorrow. But that's uh, not us though. Yeah, we're not. But, but we're, we're just are, kind of the location. We're not yeah, the host. Right. So, but we are hosting two of them coming up. One of them will be a hey, if you would like to see our smiling faces town hall format where you get to ask a lot of questions uh this one on the 22nd of may okay you're going with that one first i was like which one are you going with so this one is it's a midday deal well there's two of them there's two and we've got i think it's 10 a.m and 2 p.m something like that yeah uh and for for more information go to our web page 
uh, and and you'll be able to find these. Also, if you sign up for our newsletter, you can get these notifications okay, as well. You haven't even told them what it is yet. Well, what this is, this is fascinating. So if you are a real estate investor, this should be interesting to you. Most real estate investors know about something called a 1031 exchange, right? right? Which is... So you can exchange your property into another property. And you defer paying taxes by doing so. Right, like so. you take your cost basis and your... Yeah, your so I, I have a property, it's appreciated in value, where I've... De- you know, depreciated it down to zero. So when I sell it, I'm going to have to pay taxes. But I want to buy another investment property. I can exchange if I do it properly from the property I'm selling into a new property and not pay the taxes. There's lots of rules and regulations about how it's played in timelines, which right. are really tricky. Right. So we're bringing in some experts on how to accomplish this, and including uh, continuing education opportunities for attorneys, uh, a, a, accountants, attorneys, and, accountants, and realtors. And realtors. So uh, if you happen to be in those professions, this will get you some uh, continuing education appropriate for your. Uh, profession. But if you are just interested as a general investor, this is open to you as well. We ask that you call our office at 541-375-0898. And you don't have to be a client to attend these. We want you to know that too. Like this isn't just for our clients. If you are a client, you're welcome to join. Correct. Um, And you're welcome to bring people. Like I know how it is, right? You never want to go somewhere new. Bring a friend. Yeah. So we'll do that one. Uh, And the, the really unique twist on this one is that what if you don't have an identified property that you're going to exchange into, but you still want to sell something? Mm. I've got kind of a clever solve. You just need to come to this thing in order to learn how to do it. Yeah. By the way, there's no bait and switch. We're not talking yeah, you this, into buying anything. Yeah. So. And then nor are we selling something to you. But this is just very interesting. When I learned about it, I thought, huh. Yeah. Uh, the last one, this is going to be a webinar coming up on the 16th. Uh, same rules apply. Go to our website to get more information. But if you want to learn more about retirement readiness and the steps to get there, we are going to be doing a more thorough webinar complete with pictures and graphs and fun stuff. So that will be on May 16th here coming up in just another couple of weeks. So David gets to geek out and show you all the fun stuff and all the colors. Yep. All <laughs> the nerdy stuff and pie charts you could want, uh, but also grounded in the the reality of, hey, what should I be doing at different stages of life to be prepped for retirement? Right. So we'll cover that and some other good stuff. But look, we're out of time for today. Look at How that. How did we music. run out of time so quickly? It flies when you're having fun. It so does. don't forget, check out the podcast if you want to hear the rest of the show. Uh, and until then, Katie, how do they reach us? 541-375-0898. All right. You heard it here first, but it won't be the last time. Thanks for tuning in. This is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. Yeah, True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN.